Greetings one and all and welcome to yet another episode of the Soccer Kaki's Podcast. This week we have something different. We have a guest that you probably have not heard from before. Well, at least not on this podcast. Uh, we have Russell Tan, the creator of the Goal Assembly as well as uh, the head of marketing and strategy at the La Liga regional office here in Singapore. And since we have him on board, we decided to focus on a topic that's more La Liga-centric. And we really wanted to cover uh, Lee Kangen's move to Real Mallorca and how he and Take Kubo will sort of feature together for the team. So I guess without further ado, um, well, let me first uh, get Russell to introduce himself. Hello, Russell. Can you say hi to the viewers so that they can hear your voice? <laughs> All right, sure. Thanks a lot, Vikram and Jack, for the kind invitation to join you guys and then just, you know, talk about football, right? And I think, um, especially, so I just wanted to say hi to, to the rest of the listeners. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, as always. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the topic that we discussed today will be of interest because we're not just talking about La Liga in general. I think we're talking about um, two players that you know, the whole of Asia would have their eyes on and yeah. it just so happens that they are in the same club. I think that's kind yeah. of unprecedented. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, it is really unprecedented and I think it's, it's... I mean, if you guys haven't followed the Goal Assembly on Instagram, please go follow the Goal Assembly on Instagram. Um, I think one of the recent posts does cover a bit on, uh, you know, Kubo and Lee kang uh, sort of, uh, I mean, rather the fact that they will be playing together for this season, and I think it's it's very important, like what uh, Russell mentioned. These are two players that are, you know, earmarked as Asian stars of the future. Um, to some extent, they're already stars right now, but both of them are twenty years old. Both of them are, you know, going to be playing a huge role in defining the next generation of uh, Asian superstars, like how. Uh, Sun Youngmin is doing right now and how Park Ji-sung has done before in the past. So, I guess without further ado, I think the first question um, that I want to ask and a topic that we should discuss is why did Lee leave Valencia? <laughs> That's a tough one. I think one. you could devote a whole podcast to that. <laughs> I know, I know, but... I think you could just say because Valencia and just leave it at that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's true, okay, it's true, it's true. I mean, the, cl- the club isn't, I mean, it doesn't have the best management at hand. Let's just put it that way. As a Singaporean, I'm sorry, uh, people of Valencia. I'm so sorry that you guys have people totally running a club. But um, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, it's strange though, right, Jack? I mean, they they've... Technically, they're still unbeaten in the league. I mean, it's three games into the season. I'm, I'm not going to base anything off that. But they had a rather strong start to the season, all things considered, especially given their form last season. So yeah, I think they've got they've got a new manager. They've hired Jose Bordalas mm. from Getafe, and he at least fits more to what this Valencia team is capable of doing by not necessarily uh, I'm going to word this very carefully because <laughs> Russell Russell knows a lot about Pepe Bordalas he, he doesn't play necessarily all that open let's say and mm. it's a team that's very rigid that's very 
solid defensively. It fits that whole 4-4-2 style that Marcelino had a lot of success with Valencia, but there's still, you know, talent in the team. Like, Control Gedge, when he's on his day, is a good player. Max Gomez is a good player. Carlos Soler is a good player. So they have the potential to be good. They were just... Well, there were a lot of things last season. They were a colossal mess last season, but they have the potential to sort of be good if the management doesn't get in their own way. But unfortunately, it looks like the management has gotten in their own way again. And for the second time in two years, Valencia will be losing a very promising academy prospect. First, it was Ferran Torres. And now it is Kangen Lee. Mm. I think, to be honest, just, just throwing my head in as well, I think while we can talk about the sporting factors, I think there is also certain elements of the business that needs to be discussed. So I think maybe not a lot of people know this, but under La Liga rules, right, clubs are only mm. allowed to have five players that are citizens or, or rather foreigners outside of the European Union and only three on each matchday squad. So I think just now Jack was talking about Maxi Gomez, right? And I think they also um, have the Paraguayan defender Omar Alderete. And I think more recently, they signed the Brazilian Marcos Andre. So mm. basically, yeah. Yeah. it kind of puts that five of, or rather three matchday spots into contention. And probably much like what the situation unfolded with Ferran Torres, I think they, the club in itself kind of had to measure, you know, their losses, their gains, the pros and cons. And I think this was a decision that kind of benefited both ways both the club and the player in that sense mm. yeah it's a very I mean, political it, it, answer it, that is <laughs> well done <Yeah. laughs> I mean none, none of what he said is wrong at all yeah. the, the whole wrong. EU um, the non-EU places there's only three per match day squad in Spain and when two of them were taken up by Maxi Gomez is Gabriel Paulista EU registered yes. technically he is, he, is. Uh, he does have. Yeah. I thought he has uh, Spanish citizenship. Or he might, not yeah. Oh, well, especially I mean, like when guess... your key player, Maxi Gomez, is one of those, and Marcus Andre, who they're throwing their hat into the ring of him becoming a, a capable mm. backup, at least for Maxi Gomez, is one of those other players that leaves you with a few. Uh, only one open spot. And when Kangan Lee, I think there might have been a situation where Kangan Lee didn't want to renew his contract. Yeah, that was so last season. That could, yeah. that could have also been a possibility. It's, it was a little bit different from Ferran's situation where Ferran, I think, wanted to renew and Valencia just basically said no. But no. Yeah. There, there is a lot more economic factors to having Kagan leave. They probably wish they could have gotten money for him, especially because of how promising he is. But there are, you know, logical economic and sporting factors to this, not just, you know, Valencia being Valencia. <laughs> interesting interesting then I, I guess then the question beckons why Real Mallorca mm. I, I have no idea honestly because <laughs> honestly right honestly right I when, when the rumors started circulating I couldn't find when, when Jack messaged me say hey uh, Lee's living on a free he's going to Mallorca and I'm like hmm alright so when I started searching things up on Google you know, that didn't pop up. The first thing that popped up was, you know, a host of Premier League clubs interested in him. Mm. So, and, and and then I was telling myself, you know, this is not going to happen. He's probably moving to the Premier League. But he didn't, which is interesting because, you know, um, at least the general consensus in Asia, you know, the wider, the broader Asian uh, region per se, is that, you know, the Premier League is what we all grew up watching. It's what 
uh, we would categorize as the best league in the world, and that's because of the marketing marketing efforts by the EPL since the 90s. You know, that's how they sort mm. of projected the league in that sense. So the mm. fact that he chose to remain in La Liga, you know, that that sort of is quite telling of how perhaps you know there are changing perceptions in Asia. Uh, but more, I think we need to we need to take into context their ages as well. I think. Jack, exactly. uh, Vikram, sorry, you mentioned that you know both Kubo and Kangin are 20, right? I think if we look at, yeah. um, let's say, the Asian legends that, that we know and we adore, right? Let's say Park Ji Sung. You know, at 21, yeah. he actually, yeah, he joined PSV, right? And I, I think it, similarly, yeah. at 20, Sun joined Bayer Leverkusen. So I think, um, I think going back to your earlier point where you mentioned the fact that, you know, um, some of these top Asian talents are looking at La Liga. I think without a fact, right, Bundesliga can boast of more Asian players. It's just mm. that I think if you see the trend, if you see Kagawa previously, if you see Okazaki as well, I think the best of the best kind of choose to, to head to La Liga to at least try their, their, you know, their game there in that sense. I think yeah. it's, to a certain extent, they, they regard it on I would say a similar level to that of the Premier League obviously these two would be um, the leagues that you know all players kind of aspire to go and exactly. to a certain extent the Bundesliga is a very good kind of stepping stone right I mean you're not you're not wrong in that sense uh, for sure I think uh, there's a good number of Japanese players a good number of Korean players that actually go to uh, you know, Germany at a very young age so that they can mm. be signed by you know lower division uh uh, German teams or you know trying their luck out at perhaps the higher rung ones um, it's true it's true uh, but I guess you know the, the the point that I was trying to make was uh, despite interest from you know Premier League clubs it's it's really refreshing to see them you know remain in La Liga and also because I think Jack has been brainwashing me about how you know the Prem is just an evil league of uh, big money centers <laughs> and you know, the fact that all the capitalist people yeah exactly yeah so you know, I, I, when when I saw <laughs> Lee, uh, you know, making that move uh, to remain in La Liga and to join Kubo, you know, I think that if you are a fan that is passionate about Asian football, it doesn't get much better than this. You know, like you have two of the brightest gems from East Asia, you know, playing alongside each other for this season. Will they play alongside each other for this season? Probably. You know, I don't see a world whereby they're not going to start either. And it'll be interesting to see if you know, two of them can work together mm. in that sense. I mean, they don't play in the same position. I mean, Kubo is a winger, Nangin is an attacking midfielder, but I would like to say a lot of interplay between them. I mean, granted, there's always that. I mean, if, for those who don't know, there's also a rivalry between Korea and Japan. Um, uh, intense rivalry between Korea and Japan. So I, I don't think that's going to play out between Kubo and uh, Kangin, but hey, um, <laughs> I can bet you. <laughs> That friendly people in rivalry. Korea, people, friendly rivalry probably, but they would want you know probably their compatriot, uh, their respective compatriot to be doing better than the other. So yeah, for sure, that's, for that's, sure. That's I think to a certain extent, both of them, right, having kind of gone through the whole Spanish academy system and you know the youth development mm. that that Spain boasts, they are mm. in some sense almost semi-naturalized. I would say just just giving a very special term, right, because. You know, they've been there since, what, 10 each? And they kind of went up the ranks. They even met at one of the, the kind of La Liga Youth Promises kind of tournament when they were in, I think back in 2013. So they kind of had oh. a, a first, yeah, like handshake 
during the yeah, finals. There's, there's a picture. Uh, there's a picture. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there awesome is. Work. There is. Yeah, and I think you know the two of them speak Spanish fluently, almost natively, right? And to a certain extent, I think even though yes, they represent two, I would say Asian rivals on the footballing stage, but to be fair, I think the fact that two of them have such similar experiences, um, coming up, you know, living their their respective countries when they were young and going through the entire journey, the entire uh, climbing up the ladder in that sense. I think they would have a lot more in common, right? And I think back to your point, sure. Vikram, you you mentioned about the positionings and all, right? I think yeah. if you look at the last match that Mallorca played, um, Kubo actually played a bit more of a central role. Um, he was Ooh. diving in a bit more, and it allowed um, Amath um, in the AA to kind of go to the wings a bit more and and attack a bit more. So I think you know with. Kangin's arrival, I think it would switch things up a bit, but they do have quite a few kind of exciting attacking talents within the squad. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, I guess it, it, in that sense, it's it, it's good as well because it's going to give competition for two of them, and I think mm-hmm. that's also very important because, and especially for younger players, they need to prove themselves to. You know, at least you need some sort of motivation to 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 fight hard and remain within the team. Um, mm. yeah, that, that's 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 definitely for sure. So, you know, I guess on that note, um, you know, where do we see Lee in the next five seasons? Because I don't think this is a <laughs> this is the you know the end goal for a player of his caliber. Jack, where do you think he'll end up in five seasons time? Uh, not the Segunda division. <laughs> I mean, I guess that there is logic behind him going to Mallorca because Mallorca are a very well-ran club. They're a club that have aspirations beyond simply fighting bravely against relegation. He's joining a team that has, you know, exciting t- attacking talents, not just like Kubo, but Fernino, their striker, uh, Jordi Mbula. The, there is definite talent there, and they could be entertaining if they add Kubo and... Kang in into the same team and just give them a ball and just say go. That would be fun to watch. I would pay to watch that. And I, I think my, I understand the, you know, he, he's been in Spain for a decade. That's probably why he wanted to stay in Spain because of the comfort aspect of it. And mm. at least at Mallorca, he gets one very regular playing time and two, the chance to live in Mallorca, which is probably quite nice. But <laughs> it's true. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if very, very soon, if he plays well for Mallorca, that a team like Sevilla or a team like Real Betis or a team like Real Sociedad doesn't immediately come calling. And then, obviously, the teams outside of Spain will probably take whiff of him a little bit after that. But I I know the interest was already there when he was available on a free, so I imagine he won't be playing for Mallorca all that long. Even if Mallorca do stay up and if they sort of transition into being a comfortably mid-table team. Because he is clearly I mean, I, very good. He is. He is. Really <laughs> so, good. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I do sort of mention this sometimes, but, you know, I think players carry a certain mental, you know, mental responsibility per se. Sun Hyung-Ming has that mental right now with regards to football in Korea. When it comes to Japan, you know, there, there are a couple of players that, that sort of carry it, but there hasn't been, you know, like a premier star, like maybe since... Uh, Hirotishi Nagata. You know, um, Kubo might be that man. Um, 
and Kang In will there probably be that guy as well because you're right you know he is a phenomenal phenomenal player um would you agree that perhaps going to a club like Mallorca would you know is there less pressure in that sense would he be able to you know hone his skills better at a club that has you know um not say lesser aspirations per se but uh, the pressure to sort of reach top 4 isn't as high as a club like Valencia even though Valencia don't usually reach top 4 because of uh, <laughs> well the pressure is still definitely there at Valencia but yeah. <laughs> i mean i think i think there's even less of a spotlight on i guess speaking from a thousand foot distance away as a westerner i think there's mm. even less pressure on him than there is on Kubo because i think the spotlight is brighter on Kubo because he's a real madrid player because he is you know he's on loan from Real Madrid but because everyone knows he's on loan from Real Madrid everyone's going to watch him back there goes i don't yeah. think kangen has quite hit the you know eyes of a nation moments that Ooh. you know other top asian players not even like the hyungin sons but like daichi kamada for example at atletico frankfurt or um makoto mm. sebe for a decade playing everywhere he did in the bundesliga has hit and Valencia are obviously a big club. There's a lot of uh, pressure playing for Valencia. Real Mallorca are not a big club and there's not a whole lot of pressure playing for them. So not only do I don't think there's not going to be a lot of domestic pressure on him, even though people know he's good, I just don't think that as big of a spotlight is going to be on him immediately. Now, mm. his next move away from Mallorca, I'm sorry Mallorca, I don't mean to insult you this much, but <laughs> His next move away is probably going to start bringing that spotlight on. Interesting. Also, has he yeah. has he been capped for South Korea yet? Yes, he has played uh, six times, I believe. Six times, that's right. Yeah, as that number gets higher, the spotlight will obviously get brighter. But oh, I don't sure. necessarily think the pressure will be on him immediately at Mallorca, which probably makes it an ideal move because he can just go there and just play, play his game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and truly develop. So what about you, Russell? Where do you think he's going to end up in five seasons time? Are you, by occupation, obliged to say La Liga? <laughs> I'm. I think he's Barcelona's next number ten, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he, for, he did play for Barcelona, uh, La Masia Academy, I think. I don't think he got. No, no, that was that was Kubo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Kubo! Shit, sorry, I'm not trying to be racist. You know, like I'm. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Better you than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a really good point. All right, yeah, you were saying. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, definitely, I hope he would stay in La Liga. But I think, as with the likes of, I don't know, let's say Park Ji Sung or Sun, right? I think yeah. to move the entire Korea, you know, a move to a Premier League club, but not just every any Premier League club, um, a top, top four six. club has to yeah. yeah, top four, top six has to happen. For him to reach that kind of heights, right? Um, obviously, it's going to be very different because, like you said, he's not the the one player that everyone is kind of put pinning their hopes on. Yes, mm. he to a certain extent, the the younger generation do kind of put that upon him, but yeah. he's not the the main star at this stage. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah. under 20 World Cup, he was the golden ball, and there. Kind of shown a really good spotlight on him, but I think as you meant as Jack mentioned, I think as he played in Valencia, um, and I think Valencia in general, you know, didn't really utilize him as much in terms of let's say marketing or helping to mm. shine the spotlight further on him. 
I think to a certain extent, it's also about protecting the young players, right? But I think to a certain extent, it's also kind of understanding the pool and the power they might have in terms of swaying um, certain markets, like the very nationalistic Korea or Japan market. And yeah. I think, you know, perhaps there just wasn't enough done. You know, compare that to Mallorca. I think Mallorca, the way the club is run is very different, right? Yeah. Um, we talked a bit about Peter Dim's management and all that. I think, um, you know, it's it's very different from Mallorca. So, I'm not sure yes. if you guys know, but Mallorca's, you know, the co-owners, the co-investors, they are effectively former athletes, right? Former professionals. And they have kind of adapted all that mindset, that winning culture, that mentality, um, and even kind of adopting a lot of aspects from the West, right? Um, mm. From the NBA um, franchises yeah. that they somehow are One of them is Steve in, Nash, yeah. isn't it? Mm, it is, it is. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. So I think they've adopted a lot of that kind of um, almost American style aspects of things into looking at the whole sport and business. And it becomes a lot less of, you know, a traditionally run club than it mm. is a brand, I, w- I would feel. So, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys know, but within the first three match days, they were already able to secure a Japanese partner because of Kubo signing, right? So, that kind of demonstrates a bit, yeah. So, I mean, they right away, they were able to sign a main partner or, you know, of the global sponsor at the front of their first team jerseys. Right? And that's something that's quite powerful because it's just been three match days, right? I mean, I, I guess on that note, and I mean, you sort of, uh, you know, sort of answered the question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. But um, how much of a <laughs> marketing boost is this going to be for, for a club like Mallorca? Because I think if they play their cards right, they, are, they can have a strong following. I mean, they've already had a strong following in uh, Japan, based on based on what you're telling me, um, mm. you know there there is significant marketing interest. But from a marketing standpoint, at least, what what must they do to sort of um, propel Kang In or sort of you know target the heartstrings of everyday Koreans to get them to yeah. watch Mallorca games, to buy Mallorca jerseys, to follow them on Instagram, you know things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think we really do have to kind of see how much impact Kang In could have on the Korean market as compared to mm. the impact that Kubo has had in Japan. So if you remember, um, this is actually Kubo's second time in Mallorca, right? So he was there yeah, in the correct. 1920 season on loan as well. And in that season alone, right, Mallorca actually became the most watched team in Japan, exceeding that of Real Madrid and Barcelona, right? So if you look at it, Damn. Out, of 10, <laughs> yeah, out of the 10 most watched games, right, five were actually Mallorca games because of Kubo, okay? And not only that, Mallorca became the most trending team in the country. Um, he's, I think his unveiling back then reached about 1.3 million views. And, you know, his unveiling was also kind of the most engaged tweet on Mallorca's account ever. But I think more so than that, like I said, the way that Mallorca runs very different, right? Banking yeah. on, on all their efforts on, on Japan and, and in terms of Kubo, they even open up their facilities to J-League clubs to come in for pre-season friendlies. Um, and they were smart enough to kind of release the Mallorca kits in Japanese shops by having an agreement with Kamo. Right? So I can imagine that with very strategic kind of approach that they've done with Kubo, they might be looking to do the same with Kangin. Um, and I think in particular, Kangin, um, Korea is a very unique market because um, the way that Korea fans kind of fall in love with brands is 
largely due to licensing to a certain extent, right? I'm not sure if you guys mm. know, but in terms of, I say even NetGeo, right? NetGeo is a channel we recognize for documentaries, right? But yeah, um, there, it's known for, you know, their apparel, their gear, their bags, everything that helps a Korean kind of go and hike and stuff like that, you know, and, and look cool while they're doing it. Right, so, you know, imagine, imagine the possibilities if, if, you know, Mallorca were to kind of leverage on that and become almost like a, some sort of fashion brand, right, with Kangin, that kind of thing. I think that could be a way to, to really penetrate the, the hearts of these Koreans. I mean, it's, it's, it, it seems like, uh, well, I mean, if I was, uh, real Mallorca management, right, I shouldn't let this opportunity slip up in terms of the marketing standpoint. I mean, it's, it, you're right. I mean, you're really right. There's a lot of potential here. I mean, I remember when, okay, granted, Park Chisung was already an established player in that sense. He was in his mid twenties when he came to United and already established him, established himself at PSG. But Angin has played, you know, in the La Liga for the past what two, three seasons. Um, mm. You know, he's not some uh, rookie that's coming into the scene per se. Uh, he's still a very young player. Still has a lot of, I mean. He still needs. He still has years ahead of him before he reaches like the elite level, like the really elite level. But mm-hmm. you know, he has experience under his belt. Um, it it'll be interesting. That's for sure. It'll be interesting, especially with you know. Uh, I think there hasn't been that realization yet. But Son Hyung Ming is not. It's not young as he once was. Man's like what 28, 20, He's not a spring he chicken be, anymore. He's not a spring chicken <laughs> anymore. You know, like. It give it another four more seasons and man's probably gonna start Son's 29 he's 29 what the hell you know like give it another four more years three four more years you know he's slowly gonna start to fade into the background I mean that's when he's probably gonna fade but in three to four years Kangin is gonna be 23 and right now there's no other player uh, in Korea right I mean there probably are but you know no one strikes you as talented you know, as someone like Hangin. And maybe, maybe that's because, you know, he's associated with Valencia. But not every Asian player, let's be honest, not every Asian player can break into the Valencia first team and actually make an impact. You know, mm. it's, it's it's still a high level. Granted, the squad wasn't the, hasn't been the best as of late. That's due to, you know, reasons that I don't want to discuss because I don't want to anger the Valencia people. You know, they already hate Singaporeans enough. So, uh, my point, <laughs> my point is, right, um, when you, when you, I'm, I'm taking a look at you know young Koreans right now. No one's, no one's. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe Kim Min Jae, but Kim Min Jae is also 24. You see, no one's like under 21, like Kangin and like. I think there hasn't been that realization that, you know, he's actually the next big thing. Not just in, I mean, probably in Korea there's that realization, but you know, the wider Asian context. Because for some, well, not really some odd reason, but you know, there is. It's true that, you know, Asians like to support and see other Asian players do well in Europe's top five leagues. You know, mm. there was a massive support. I mean, I don't like Spurs. I hate Spurs. But <laughs> I want to see Sun do well, you know? Yeah, I really want yeah, to see Sun sure. do well. Which is the reason why I always tell Jack that, you know, he needs to leave Spurs. He shouldn't stay there. <laughs> in order to, you know, for the <laughs> sake of... And he did not get that wish. <laughs> he did not get that wish. <laughs> I did not. Man signed a new contract for Christ's sake. But my 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 point is right. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see when that realization realization kicks in. What what happens? Uh, 
where do you guys I mean do you think this is uh, how long do you think or rather let me phrase it in this manner uh, we talked about about Lee Kang Hen but I also want to touch a bit on Kubo he's been loaned out for quite a number of years now when do you think he's gonna break into the real Madrid first or is he ever gonna break into the real Madrid first team and you know whether or not this is just a not say publicity stunt by Real Madrid but mainly uh, a way for them to sort of uh, you know simply benefit from the marketing publicity for of having Kubo technically contracted to them but at the same time just to play safe and test test him out in other teams before deciding you know whether he's good enough to make it into the Madrid team and if so when would that evaluation sort of begin or test sort of begin because he's playing in a position that you know that's kind of hard to I mean the players in this position are kind of hard to to sort of uh, compete with in that sense so the short answer to that question is no <laughs> and that's not okay. that's not Kubo's fault mm. so I think we're really starting to see now just how not well Real Madrid have managed some of their young players. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most glaring example being Marcus Llorente leaving Real Madrid and going to win the league with Atletico mm-hmm. Madrid. But I don't think they've managed Takakubo all that well. I think his loan, his first loan to Mallorca went really, really well. His This loan to Mallorca is going to go really, really well. But his loan to Villarreal didn't go well and his loan to Atafe really didn't go well. And... Mm-hmm. I sort of question, I guess, Real Madrid's just general development of young players, given how many of them have left the club recently. Yeah. And the fact that he's playing as a winger, when theoretically the long-term wingers at Real Madrid are going to be Vinicius and Kylian Mbappe. You know, should yeah. Kylian Mbappe eventually ever get his move to Real Madrid? So I don't think he's ever going to play for Real Madrid, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, I think I it's mean, probably best for him to not play for Real Madrid. Or, well, best for him to not to not stay on the books at Real Madrid if this sort of situation continues and it doesn't look like he has a future at that club. Well, you know what I would say to that, right? Two years time come to Manchester United, my boys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll probably need you in two years and, time if Ronaldo. And be another Kagawa. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we don't speak of Kagawa here, right? We, we speak of... Uh, it can uh, be the Japanese Van Yeah. Oh, no, oh, God, no. All right, let's... Uh, I, I, you know, Kagawa was a play playmaker, man. He play make all the time. Uh, but he fell out of favor after Sir Alex left. And, you know, it's, it's a shame. And I think... Uh, to Jack's point, I think you sort of... Uh, you're sort of right in the sense that it's not the end of the world if Real Madrid doesn't sign you up. You know, there are many other clubs that could sign you up. With the exception of Arsenal, please don't go to Arsenal football, I beg you. <laughs> you know, and no one needs to suffer that fate. I don't know why uh, Martin Ozad left uh, for Arsenal, but hey, to each their own. Um, but no, you're right. From Madrid, but I think, Pretty much. given Real Madrid's financial situation as well, or their perceived financial situation, even though they were still bidding $220 million for Mbappe for whatever reason, I think mm. it might be sooner rather than later that Real Madrid sell him, especially if they do sign Mbappe. If there is well, you know, a reality where they sign Mbappe on a free in the summer and they're looking at Mbappe, Vinicius, and Rodrigo, and I have no idea who's going to buy it, Hazard, so Ed Hazard is their wingers, 
they could eventually look at Kubo. I think he's going to have a good loan at Mallorca, and he's going to be probably the peak of his market value so far. And they're going to look around and say, we're going to find Who's a gonna buy destination him? for you. Who's going to buy him? And there's going to be a market for him. Definitely. Either definitely. within Spain or in the Premier League. Maybe not the top team, but you're looking at you know a team like Sevilla, a team like Leicester, a team maybe in Germany, like a Gladbach or an Ashbrook Frankfurt. Uh that sort of market. That market definitely exists for him. I just yep. don't think his future is necessarily at Real Madrid. To be honest, right, if he goes to that star, it, that would be a sick move. Because, you know, pe- I mean, people would start of co- start to compare him to Shinji Okazaki, but, you know, uh, I think a team like Leicester would utilize him well. Uh, so don't be like insulting him. league champion Shinji Okazaki. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hey, hey. <laughs> He was a good player, all right, but just that he didn't. Premier swallow. League champion. I really hope he was actually on that team. I think he was. He was. He was. He was. He was. Yeah. He was. He. He and Body. Um. Whoa, whoa. What a team. What a team. <laughs> that was. That was a good team. But I think he. If he, he goes to any Premier League club, right, it has to be a team like Leicester. You know. Um, it's one of those teams would... that does their homework. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Hey, go to Atalanta if I can. But you know, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, teams I, don't, that, you I, know, I don't think I'd want to have that kind of money, but. They do do their homework. They do do their homework. You know, those kind of things, yeah, to your point. Because if he goes to a team like uh, United under Ole, right, he's not going to play. Okay, Ole's just going to be like, I'm going to put you on the bench as a showpiece. Like, what I do with Donny Van Der he is my trophy. I will. Sancho, Sancho. Oh my god, yes, yes. <laughs> ah, bruh. Let's, let's, okay, before we start going deeper into Manchester United, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're not uh, letting you talk about United on this podcast. This this is, yeah. this topic doesn't even touch on Manchester United. We're not letting you. We're not. <laughs> all right, okay, okay. And I guess, all right, okay. So, so this is one of the, I mean, this is sort of like a concluding question to say, but it's probably going to, uh, it's touching on something I said earlier, but I want to dive a bit deeper into this. Um, and that's the future of uh, Asian football, to say. Because I think for the longest of times, uh, there has always been, you know, there have been moves by, you know, elite Asian players to Europe. But we, we are seeing something unique for the first time, I guess, in that you have two players, all right? Two players from rival countries, okay, you know, at, you know, playing the La Liga, potentially playing the La Liga together. Um, and I think this is one thing that I, I, as maybe perhaps this is my own skewed perception, but are trends changing? You know, is La Liga the new preferred destination for Asian players per se? You know, for elite Asian players. I know Huang Yi Chan signed with Wolverhampton Wanderers on, uh, you know, uh, towards the end of the transfer window. But you know, mm-hmm. Huang Yi Chan is no Li Kang in. You know, Huang Yi Chan runs fast. And he runs. He runs. <laughs> He's not an intelligent footballer, right? That's all. That's all he does. I mean, let's be honest. That's all he does, right? Hey? That's like so true. Oh my god. He just runs. He just runs and runs. You know, like that's the I've reason never why heard a player's game summarized that well. He just runs. <laughs> you know, like he can't. Fall. I mean, I'm not saying that he's a bad player because he runs. You know, hey, I would take him any day over, uh, you know, over one match. Especially, one especially master. on FIFA. Yeah, but yeah, it's very good. Yeah, <laughs> incredible good on FIFA. FIFA. But in real life, you know, he's not an intelligent player per se. Right? I'm not saying that I'm a, I'm more intelligent than him. No, but like, he doesn't show anything else but his pace. 
And then you have to play like Lee Kang Hin, who has that intelligence, who has that, you know, uh, playmaking ability, who has the ability to also score if he wants to. He has done that in the World Cup. In the under-20 World Cup, sorry, rather. Um, you know, do you think this is going to kickstart a trend of more Asian players going to the Liga as opposed to, you know, the Premier League or Bundesliga? I doubt the Bundesliga. I mean, Bundesliga, that's a whole different issue because, you know, of that trajectory or that trend where Asian players move to Germany at a very young age to sort of try, you know, um, um, having a crack at, uh, you know, European football in that sense. But um, what do you guys think? Do you guys think you might see more Asians in La Liga sooner rather than later? Well, mm, just for... I mean, I'll jump in first before Russell because I think Russell's, can, Russell's answer is going to be very multifaceted because he knows a lot more <laughs> about the ins and outs of the business of this league than I do. Yeah. I think yes and no. I don't mm. think it's going to be the bulk that the Bundesliga have simply because of the EU regulations mm. in Spain. Yeah. Mm. But... You're going to get a lot... I think there's going to be an influx of really good players. Like, there's not going to be a lot of them, but the ones that are there mm. are going to have high potential. Like, mm. you know, the Kangen and Kubo now. There's um, Takuhiro Nakai, Real Madrid, Hiroki Abe at Barcelona. And mm. yeah. these are players who, like Kubo and like Kangen, moved to Europe at a young age and went through that whole academy process and were sort of blooded through the Spanish way. Almost. Yeah. 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 And I think you're going to see that more because I think teams are going to start sort of noticing that that's an area that they can scout South Korea and Japan and find good young players who could eventually become first team players. It's not going to be to the bulk of the Bundesliga because of regulations. And I mean, Mm. even the Bundesliga is doing a pretty good job of it now of getting, Mm. you know, good Asian players. But I think the elites, higher level ones might start trending more towards Spain. Yeah, I think I can't help but agree. I think in in essence, it's kind of like the next generation of talents, right? The next generation of the yeah. best, of like like you know, Jack was saying the highest potential players. I think the fact that he mentioned, um, you know, what they call or what what has been known as, I think Japanese Iniesta, like Takuhiro Nakai. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's an example, right? If you if you have terms like. Um, Japanese Messi like Kubo or Japanese Iniesta thrown onto you you know there's there's something special right because not everybody's going to give you a name like that um, yeah I mean obviously you have a lot of people calling each other I don't know the next Ronaldo the next Messi something, <laughs> and you've seen all of them kind of stutter and fail right but yeah. I think when you are when you are packed on with a a country's hope and a legend or an icon I think that that's a lot more weight to that Right, you you don't have a lot of people saying, "Oh, this guy is a, I don't know, like a, a Mexican Ronaldo, for instance." Right, you, you don't usually get that. Right, yeah. But I think with with Nakai especially, um, I think he has a lot of potential. Um, I think actually just looking at the transfer window that just ended as well, um, Valencia did sign a Japanese national. Um, he's an eighteen-year-old striker. Um, called Wadi Ibrahim Suzuki from the Tokushima Vortis. Right, so that's a that's a name, uh. That's that's, that's <laughs> <what I'm doing>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure he has some sort of um, either Muslim mm. or, or maybe even Malay kind of background to him. I think it could be a mix because he he does look um, a bit mixed in that sense. And obviously his name mm. with Ibrahim and all that. 
Um, but yeah, he's he's apparently already 1.92 meters, um, just 18 years old. You know, Jeez. I think, yeah. <laughs> oh God! Wow. I think Valencia, Valencia is kind of quickly cast his net out wide. I think the moment they they were resigned to losing Kangin, or rather, they kind of decided to to tear up their contract, right? So, um, obviously, I think to them, whether they got a Japanese Indian or, or Korean Indian, it's it's still kind of shows you a bit of what we're discussing. Where mm. I think only those with a high ceiling would actually hate to, to La Liga just purely because of all the restrictions and whatnot. And to a lot of extent, I think we, we talked a lot about um, the love for Kang Yin, right? Um, privacy. And, and I think we, we didn't touch that much on Kubo. I think the fact that mm. that Kubo or hopefully others like Kubo, like we talked about Nakai, right? Um, yeah. The reason why the two of them in particular are so um, sought after or kind of just have that have that huge spotlight upon them. It's also because of that romanticism between Japan as a market and Spanish football, right? I think that's something that maybe the Koreans don't have as much, because in Japan, yeah, in Japan they love Spanish culture. Okay, they yeah everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Not not only mm-hmm. do we have Spanish players or legends kind of playing in J League right now, but as a country, as a nation. They've just been obsessive with Spanish culture. So, Spanish for instance, culture. if you look at, yeah, if you look at, um, let's say, all the pop culture, right? Your mangas, your animes, and all that. They usually kind of regard Spanish football as the epitome, alongside Brazilian football, because to them, mm. the whole flair of it, right, is is you know something that's really special. I think if you look at the reason why you have to go back to Johan Cruyff and his dream team right the 1988-1996 that was the main reason how or why Japan fell in love with Spanish football and so I think when when one of their own you know Kubo at just 10 was handpicked to join the La Masia that saved academy that that, you know produced the likes of Messi that changed something that kind of had a click in, in, in the market and you see many of the others kind of following suit. So I think that tells you why, especially for Japan, let's use Japan as an example, right? Why yeah. the very best really want to go there. That's, okay, well, that's, 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 uh, I mean, I guess bringing the cultural dimension as well, that's something, yeah, you cannot deny, you know, if, if anything, um, I guess Korean players have, uh, you know, Perhaps by that logic, you know, maybe an affinity with uh, the EPL mainly because you know, before Sun Yongming, Park Ji Sung really dominated that. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. for Correct. for general, for a good time, you know, we had a good number of uh, Manchester United friends from Korea. But then once Park left, and once United went to shitters, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess they all left. You know. <laughs> no, but my, my, my point is my point is right. I, I I think you know you're right about that whole cultural dimension, which is very interesting. I mean, the moment I didn't realize about the Spanish, the cultural aspect, as in that obsession with Spanish culture, but I also sort of you know forgot that there is a strong Spanish contingent that still remains in. Uh, Japan footballing wise as well you know it's a sort of a mixture of both I mean you have Andreas Iniesta you have and maybe that's the reason why you know Japanese clubs are willing to splash the cash on big names like Iniesta Fernando Torres mm-hmm. David Villa in that sense you know it's mm-hmm. it, it sort of uh, you know creates like a full circle kind of situation of sorts 
But mm. damn, yeah, no, that's 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 really really cool. Yeah, to um, add to that point, right on that culture dimension, um, my colleagues in Japan would tell me that, um, Japan actually has more flamenco, like schools than in actual Spain. You just imagine that. Oh wow! Okay. Wow. <laughs> that's a... <laughs> that's interesting. That's a man. And I think, yeah. and I think going back to to what Vikram you mentioned, I think one mm. one word that stood out to me was generation because we talked a lot about I think good players, right? Players that that can can perform at a very high level or high potential. But I think what we are missing or what we've seen with the likes of Park Ji Sung and Sun at this point are the fact. Yeah that they are generational players. They define they that generation of agents, right? And to a they certain are, extent, yeah. Kubo um, is touted almost as the next generational player for, for Japan. I think to a certain extent, Kangin is not fully at that level yet um, because obviously you have an existing one in the likes of Sun, right? But Correct. he could very well, very well be the closest thing to, to the next one, I think. I mean, you're not wrong, and I think that there there will come a time of transition. There will come a time of change. You know, I I wasn't too happy when Son sort of took over Park Ji Sun because of my affiliation, <laughs> affiliation of United. But it happened. You know, it happened. The two thousands mm. were dominated by Park. You know, he played in the World Cup. He, you know, he was part of a team that um, controversially got uh, to the semis. I suppose through. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you guys were, yeah. You guys were, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, he was he basically was the player of the two thousands of Korea. You cannot deny it. He won a Champions League in United. Um he won back to back titles. You know, he practically won every single you know title that you could win with a club at United. Except maybe the UEFA Cup, which is currently a Europa League right now. But would you want to be in the Europa League? I don't know. Okay. Alright. Maybe <laughs> I don't know, ask United. Hey, hey, hey. Alright. <laughs> I don't know, I'm digging myself here. But um, in the 2010s, you know, it was you could see that distinction. You know, when Park Ji Sung went to QPR, and you know, that's around the time when Sun started to really flourish at Bayern Leverkusen. And you know, after he went to Spurs, you know, he, he's been stellar. You know, he he has bouts of bad form for sure, but that's the same with any top player. You know, you can depend on Sun. You know, there's a reason why Son Youngmin is called Sonaldo on FIFA. You know, mm. there's a reason why he 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 is really highly regarded by uh, you know most fans. You know, you can't hate someone like Son Youngmin. You can hate him as a player, but you can't hate him as a person. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, or rather, you can hate him as a player playing for Tottenham because that's very easy to do. But you can't you can't hate <laughs> him as a player per se because he's so good. You know, he's really he's 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 a really talented, phenomenal player that should be leaving Tottenham Hotspurs and pursuing greater clubs to really push his game to that next level. All, I mean, all things considered, Park ji was a phenomenal player. But I think Son Heung-min needs to go to a top, top club and start winning things regularly to cement his position as, you know, probably, probably, you know, some Korean fans might disagree, you know, Korea's best ever product thus far. And you know that sort of sets a new benchmark for newer generations of players. Players like Lee Kang In know, okay, hey, you know, this is what I need to surpass. Because and in order to do in order to do that, you know, you have to be a winner. Sorry, that's how we associate things. You know, he can be. I mean, one of the problems with you know uh, players like Matthew Latissier, for instance. You know, they're phenomenal players. Don't get me wrong, but 
know, they didn't win anything and we don't associate them with greatness per se. So I think that's mm. that's something that Son needs to do. He, thankfully, he won you know titles with uh, Korea, so that's always a plus. But he needs to do something at the club stage in Europe to really cement his legend status. He doesn't have many years to do that. That's the problem. He's twenty nine. What the hell, man? <laughs> Time flies, it, doesn't it? It does. It does. It does. It does. All right. Okay. I think just this. Any other- Yep. Just as one final point, you guys were talking about the whole generational talent thing. I think to sort of put this up head to head from the Bundesliga is sort of like the pools that they're recruiting from and why I yeah. think La Liga would be the one that's going to strike that generational talent. You notice that a lot of these younger Asian players that go to La Liga go when they're really young and they like, go mm-hmm. when yeah. they're able to entrench themselves into whatever academy that they're joining just more so the spanish way they want to build from within from within their cantera their academy whereas a lot of the more prominent asian players in the bundesliga right now were prominent players in asia before they went to the bundesliga like um Rendo played for urawa uh red diamonds uh makoto yeah. sebi also did daiji kamada played for sagantosu the only uh shinji Kagawa also played for um the japanese team the only real exception was Huang Chan, who was wrapped up in the Red Bull scouting machine system. Yeah. But, you know, while the Bundesliga is very smart financially and getting good players for very good deals from Asia, it seems like La Liga is going to be the one that's going to strike gold because they're finding players when they're really young and they're entrenching them in their system very early to the point where they can become like Takakubo, like Kang and Lee, and potentially be these generational talents. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess, uh, Russell, you you probably have, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? A lot to do in the next few years, man. Because uh, more Asian <laughs> champs probably coming away. <laughs> I mean, it's a good it's a good kind of busy to be honest. Like I said, with Mayoka, right? So, um, we've been able to kind of almost help them shape their approach into entering specific markets, and I think this kind of leveraging on the international. Um, network that La Liga has built over the four or five seasons that we have started internationalization. So, you know, oh, wow. I'm just excited for that because, you know, for instance, when Kubo first signed for Mallorca, we were able to kind of create things around that and then go with them, go alongside the club into entering Japan. And now with Kangin, I think we are also looking forward to, to doing the same. And hopefully, more clubs will sign better or, or next generational kind of Asian players and we can do the same. Um, across the different markets, not just these two kind of bigger Asian markets. So, are there any plans, you know, with regards to, um, and I guess to sort of divert off topic just for a bit, you know, um, you know, have these more sort of, um, 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 you know, like propelled any sort of new scheme or initiative that you guys are embarking in Southeast Asia? Or like, how are you guys, are you guys helping you know, Mayoka sort of reach the Southeast Asian market in a sense through these two moves? Um, I think their first objective will definitely be to penetrate, you know, obviously their, their home markets in their respective countries. And Japan. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, the spillover effect will be huge. So right now, we're kind of taking one step at a time. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how, how the season develops and how things pan out. Only because, hey, I mean, We've hyped this up quite a fair bit for the past 45 minutes or so. Or rather, 54 minutes or so. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So, and you know, I, 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 and I guess sort of a concluding remark per se. Um, you know, and just to sum things up, it's an interesting time for Real Mallorca for sure, and it's also an interesting time for Asian football um, by and large because you have two of its hottest, two of the hottest projects from this continent, right, playing together on the same team. Mm. You know, you don't usually hear something like that happening. You know, it would have been everyone's dream to see Son Yong Ming and Park Ji Sung tear it up at a club like United, but that didn't happen, cause for United, <laughs> yeah, you know, or Kagawa and Park Ji Sung, they didn't feature together as well, you know, because once uh, Park left, they were like, hmm, we need another agent to fulfill some sort of market demand. Let's get Kagawa and then sell him two seasons later. But my my point is right. My point is right. It's 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 monumental. It is monumental. To have two elite players, two elite Asian players. You have Asian players playing together all the time. You know, it happens all around the world. But having mm. two players of elite caliber, elite potential to be featuring together, it's like Russell mentioned, unprecedented. It is going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I really hope they do well. You know, I really hope they do well. It's only going to benefit all parties involved if they both do well. It'd be interesting to see if one does well and one doesn't know what happens then. But I think that's a discussion for another day. Um, any other remarks, my lads? Nothing mm. from me. Yeah, nothing, nothing much from me. All right. Okay. I guess you know. On that note, uh, this has been Bikram. This has been Jack. This has been Russell. <laughs> that's right, Russell. You caught on. And once again, guys. Uh, Huge shout out to Russell for joining us today and talking about a topic that you know is really, really, really important to you know Asian footballers or Asian football in general. But on top of that, I guess it's also a pertinent La Liga topic to talk about. So if you haven't already, go follow the Goal Assembly on Instagram. Right, they do really, really good uh, visual storytelling. Uh, and you know, if you're a fan of visual storytelling, no place better than the Goal Assembly. Right. And uh, thank you once again for coming on board, Russell. Of course, thanks for having me. Okay, guys, have a good one, and we will see you guys sometime soon. Cheers, guys. Bye, y'all.